Jason just made a joke about flour. And it makes a big biscuit. I've never Does heard a one-pound bag of flour make a big biscuit? <laughs> Hell yeah. Boy, you, what about gravy, man? You didn't talk about no gravy. You can't make a biscuit no gravy. <laughs> Does a one-legged duck swim in a circle? Hell, I don't mm. think he'd be swimming at all. <laughs> Do fat babies poop? Sedge all babies poop. poop. Everybody, that's science. Everybody knows that. Yes, I. <laughs> hey, do you well, guys? Here we are. Do you guys see what this is? Audio listeners, I'm sorry. I'm pointing to a black cloak oh. that's hanging from my closet. I don't know. Is that a weird outfit that you wear with Nice. John, uh, <laughs> is that your graduation gown? That's my cap and gown for graduation. Again, is that a weird outfit you wear with <laughs> Is that a weird outfit you wear with Jen? Sometimes. Is she your professor? <laughs> and you're graduating? Mm. She wear librarian glasses and have her little hair, stick. Hair doctor. Yeah. <laughs> we're already we're already one minute in. You guys are making it sexual. Congratulations. Yeah. In all fairness, we were one minute nineteen seconds in, so we got over that one minute mark. Well, now at least talking. we're officially explicit now. So. Yeah. It's totally fine. How are you guys? I'm good. Sedge said I am I am well. Sedge said a term that I'd never heard before that expresses what he just said. And the term is I'm ducky. Just which ducky. I guess means like I'm fine. Just you know, whatever. Just just ducky. ducky. Waddling through You've life. Never heard that? No. Oh my Sedge, god. Sedge, we're not Canadian, okay? We don't know these words. Jen, we're, not, I'm not we're, Canadian. Not, we're not we're not Nova Scotian, okay? Well I'm not Nova Scotian. You're close to I'm it, a, okay? I'm, no, you're, I'm a maniac. You're, you're close to Nova Scotian, okay? He is a maniac. I am a maniac. Or, or maybe no, no, you're closer to Newfoundland, aren't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. But if you go a little bit south, you become a masshole. That's true. Hey oh. Hey oh, hey it's Michael. Michael. I, I hope or, you're listening. Or or in in, in the asshole. Right? If you go southwest. Oh, wow. India no place. India no place. <laughs> yeah. Someone said that to me one time. I went, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, you're from India no place, Indiana. I went, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I didn't get it until like later. Jason? What did you say, Ben? I said, how have you been? I, I can tell that you probably haven't been doing much this week. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> just joking. You're moving. I'm just joking. It's awful. My life is terrible right now, but it's manageable. That's right, um, ladies and gentlemen. Jason is actually moving this time. It's not hyperbole. It's, it's yeah. We, it's actually happening. We've been talking about it, but I've actually already moved things into the house. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's um, got a nice basement. <laughs> that's what she said. Wait, what? Yeah, baby. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. Um, no how, how's that been going? It's been going good. It's it's just a lot. Um, the, the move itself has been okay. Like we actually, I've made two trips up there with that van I talked about last week uh, that my Sarah Major let me borrow, which has just been such an amazing help. Such a great thing to have. Um, Especially since I'm not like today I'm moving stuff and tomorrow I'm moving stuff and the next day I'm moving stuff and now I got to take it back. 
Um, it just kind of sits out in my driveway. It spews oil all over the place, uh, but it, it just <laughs> sits out in the driveway until we're ready. So we've taken two loads of stuff and those two loads was literally everything from all of our storage and um, just a lot of extra clutter that was out because we've really tried to like, you know, downplay the stuff in the house for the showing. So that's been great. Um, our showings are going to start on Saturday. Uh, we'll be loading up. We're taking this week. I've already got the van pretty much loaded as it is, but uh, we'll be loading everything up this week. And Saturday, uh, I will be taking it to the new house. Excuse me, and we will download everything. And then uh, we will be hanging out Saturday and Sunday at the new place um, because we don't want to be at home with the dogs while the, during the showings, obviously. So that's the good part about owning the other home before you sell your other is, you know, we have that place that we can go and it's not an inconvenience. So we are actually going to spend this weekend painting the entire first floor of the new house. Um because Nicole wants uh, Chantilly Lace, which is all the hotness on social media now. Ooh. So and we it's will also, be... It's also good to do that before you start putting a whole bunch of stuff in there. Yeah, for sure. Like right now it's, it's perfect because there's nothing on the walls. There's nothing against the walls. There's none of our major furnitures in there. Um, so we're just going to do that. And I mean, we'll definitely get it done this weekend for sure. Obviously save a ton of money. Um, so that's good. The house stuff, I'm not really too concerned about, right? Like we have a plan for it and that's what we're going to do. It's the shop. And I did start packing the shop this, uh, Sunday and holy cow, am mm -hmm. I just dreading, uh, this whole, this whole thing. I, I feel like I have so much more this time, which I think I do because when I left Georgia to come here, I actually got rid of quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the oh, lumber yeah. alone. I still got tons of that lumber from Hardsole. Um, just moving that, I'm like, oh my god, so much stuff to move. And the hard part about the shop is that I'm trying to not make. I don't want to say it was a mistake last time, because I didn't have a choice. Um, but last time I moved up here, and the only thing I was able to get done before I moved in was the floors. Mm -hmm. So then when I got in here, I had to do drywall, I had to do paint, I had to do lighting, I had to do um, the, well, the duct work is going to happen after I get everything in. Anyways, it was just, the, the moral of the story is a huge pain in the butt because I constantly had to move things. Mm -hmm. um, and now that I have a lot more, that's going to be even more of a pain in the butt. So I'm really doing everything I can to make sure that this time, the floors got done today. I know I yeah. sent you guys a picture. Yeah, they look really good. Um, same, and, yeah. Well, cool. no, different, different, different guy, right? Same guy. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember if we talked about that on the you, podcast, but you, I did have somebody else lined up, and then he just straight ghosted me. Yeah. Um, and so I immediately called Jeez. back uh, to Aaron. His name is Aaron Reed. Um, Garage Force India is his company, and he's the one that did my floors this last time. I called him. Or I submitted a request. I couldn't find his number. I submitted a request online and it was funny because he called me back and he was like, 
I have your number saved. Didn't I do a floor for you? I'm like, yeah, you did it two years ago. I'm like, I need another one. He's like, oh, uh, you you built another shop? And I'm like, well, I moved. And he's like, I just did your floor two years ago. I was like, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, so what's so cool about it, it he is fantastic. And, and I, Sedge, when you do get yours done, he's the guy. Yeah. Um, he told me that he's booked through June. Yeah. And that's cool. That means he's good, right? Yeah, he's booked through June, and yeah. he when I called him and told him my situation, he was like, when do you need to have it done, like, at the latest? So I'm like, the 20th of April? I mean, realistically, that would probably be as about as late as I would want to push it. And he was like, oh, I got you. That's no problem. I'll get you in. Don't worry about it. He calls me three days later. He's like, hey, I had a cancellation. Uh, I can get in on the 5th. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. He showed up this morning at 730. He was done by 1215. That's unreal, man. And he That's did so a little uh, couple of stairs, too, there. He did the stairs, yep, which yeah. is kind of cool. So quick. Yeah. Yeah. He does a couple and a day, doesn't he? I can walk on it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What's that? He does a couple a day now, you said. Yeah, he, he said that he's been doing uh, two a day, which I completely believe. Now, I watched him. It was three guys. It was So, yeah, they had one guy that was, like, grinding the floors, and once they got done with a certain amount of the grinding of the floors, then they went around and him and his other worker, they started doing all the edges. So they like painted on the, you know, the, the epoxy stuff and they had these buckets of the flake. And I, I, sh- I did a post about it today. Yeah. Um, I saw it. And he was just like spreading the flake out and stuff. And it sticks like that, like immediately. And then once they got done with grinding the floors and cleaning all that off, then they, you know, I wasn't there for that part, but then they use the roller, they spread the stuff down and then they just throw the flake and then they go back and they put the, Clear they put like an extra thick top coat. That was one thing that he told me today. He said, when we, you know, we did yours two years ago, right? He's like, well, back then we were using a little bit thinner of a top coat. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, that's, that is ha- held up perfectly. I mean, it is outstanding. He goes, well, we use a much thicker coat now. So it's probably going to be even more, uh, it, not probably. He's like, it's going to be even more durable. It's just stuff we've learned over the last couple of years. Um, just a cool. great experience. And again, he did not give me any discounts. He did not. Um, I didn't even get a military discount this time. Last time I did, the price went up too. Wow. He did not ask me to do this. If you're local to Indy, that's why I did the post. It's just two very, very, very good customer service experiences. Uh, and I know it's a quality product because I've had it for two years. Mm-hmm. So um, that went in today. That's done. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um fence this isn't shop related but my fence is going to get started tomorrow that'll be done by this weekend that's awesome wow um, hopefully the lights same kind of fence that y'all have right now yeah Privacy just, fence. just a lot bigger yeah yeah um don't know really about the lighting the mini splits being delivered tomorrow are you going to install um, that yourself or oh yeah and oh electrical i did get my estimate back from james on electrical that's going to happen next weekend i think and um it was a little bit more than i was expecting honestly um i feel like i'm doing less a little bit less work this time in terms of like circuits and all that stuff um but i know the price of materials went up specifically the wire Mm -hmm. um but it was it was a little more than I was than I was expecting. But again, I know what I'm getting with James, and yeah, if I can support him, I'm going to support him, um, and I don't have to worry about it. So that's happening. 
hopefully next weekend. The thing that I've overly stressing about is the sound. I still do not know what I'm going to do. Um, I've got a guy coming on Friday. I'm not super, they, they have great reviews. I'm not super confident that they have a ton of experience doing this kind of thing or would be able to give me a lot of really good pointers. So I think I'm actually tonight going to try to see if I can get some soundproofing specialists to come out. Um, I found out that the deal, local dealer for Quiet Rock, which is what I was going to use, the only place that around here that I found that I could get it, they don't carry it anymore. And they don't wow. carry it because they sell a, yeah, they sell a, it's out of Indy. They're a drywall supply store. Hmm. They don't carry it because of the cost. They do, however, carry um, a competitor's brand, and it is called, give me one second, because a lot of people have already been asking me and sharing their opinions. Oh, National Gypsum. Um, National is the company. The product is called Soundbreak XP. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. And it's essentially the same type of product as um, Quiet Rock. Quiet Rock. There's a couple, there's like three major ones that are really popular right now. Quiet mm-hmm. Rock is one of them, Soundbreak is another. And the other one was um, Silent FX, I think it's called. Hmm. And he told me about it. Uh, he's like, we carry this. It's cheaper. Um, it does really, really well and has really good ratings, especially compared to uh, Silent Rock and the price point's a little lower. It's not a lot lower, though. Hmm. It's $54 a sheet per four foot by eight foot, five eighths inch. And how many would you need? If I only do the walls, probably around... 15-ish, 15 to 20. Damn. So if I do the ceiling, that's a whole other story. Yeah. <clears throat> but that, anyways, that, I, I that shared quite, some stories today about yeah. some noise. You know, they were they were running a generator. Um, it wasn't nearly as bad as, like, the radio, and obviously there's nothing in the garage still, and I just don't know. I reached out to Rockwell to see if they wanted to – to partner up um, and provide the rock wool insulation because obviously that would save me a, a good chunk of money. But I'm really stressing about that just because I want to get it right the first time. Yeah, because then it's just going to be more of a headache if you have to fix it after mm-hmm. you get everything in. So, Especially the ceiling when you're going to put up those lights, right? Because you're going to do with the external lights up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, have you looked into huh. doing um, isolation channels for the for the ceiling you know what i'm talking about resilient channels yeah yeah but either way it's still the guy that i talked to today he was like what we could do is we could install five eight rip everything out install five eighths inch drywall and we'll put resilient channels but so then i started researching resilient channels and there's a lot of you know Granted, there are professionals that do this stuff all the time, and his reviews are phenomenal. That's the only reason I contacted this guy. Um, and obviously having that separation, but if, if you don't do it right, um, it's not. it, it could end up not be really being very beneficial. 
and then it, 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 you know, it brings up a whole nother issue. And now you got to move all the electrical outlets. You got to bump all the electrical outlets out, not only for the five inch drywall, five eighths inch drywall, but for the resilient channels, that's additional work. If we get it done before the electric electrical gets done, that's a different story. If I ha do the electrical first, I have them set everything further out. Like there's just so many, you know, if I rip it out, do I want to replace the drywall or the insulation with something that's more suited for sound? Probably, mm. but I'll tell you right now, if I have to, if I buy the rock wall, it's going to be a thousand bucks. So, so that's just for the walls. <clears throat> there's nothing, there's nothing in the garage. And when you're going to, if say it, say it does sound really, you know, loud up in that master bedroom, is anybody going to be up there when you're woodworking? No, not in the master. I'm not worried about the master. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not worried about, but what I'm worried about is that how it travels, how I noticed how much it traveled when the garage doors were closed and it, uh, it traveled throughout the entire house. Mm. Um, but today when the garage door was open, so let's just say I had the garage door closed, but I actually, cause I'm, I'm going to have a soundproof or a sound absorbing material in front of the garage door. The main one. Mm -hmm. There's going to be insulation on it. I'm going to have things on the wall. I'm going to have mm -hmm. sound uh, um, uh, panels on the ceiling in between sound, the lights. That's one thing dampeners. I'm doing different. Sound dampeners, right? So they're going to be on the ceiling. I have all of that planned out. I'm going to do all of it. I'm going to build a frame for the double bay garage door, and I'm going to have it, you know, rock wool behind it. I'm going to have MDF on the face. I'm going to frame in the door. Um, all of these things, but. The thing that scares me the most is getting all the way to that point and not doing anything about the issue and finding out that it's an issue mm -hmm. and it's not as quiet as I want it to be. But here's the kicker. The mo I'm telling you, I have spent hours mm -hmm. over the past week researching this, reading every article I can read, watching every video I can watch, reading uh, before and afters, you know, tests, learning about STC ratings, all of these things. And I always find things that conflict one another. But the one thing that I found seems to have been, been the most effective so far is rock wool insulation mm -hmm. with quiet rock. Why don't you just quit or YouTube? Or some sort of drywall like that. Just quit YouTube. <laughs> yeah, just quit woodworking. Just period. Just go work you at should, Kroger you, as a store manager when I retire. You know, if we're worried about sound, just start a crochet channel. That's yeah. that's got to be like one of the quietest things you can probably do. Hi, no, welcome I know to, what Sedge is going to say. Welcome to crocheting with Jason Penn. Today Just we're start gonna... doing hand tools. <laughs> so, but that's Just the other start thing. Start doing so hand tools. Yeah, Sedge brought it up. Like, there's nothing in the shop. I asked him and Marianne when they were at the new house because Sedge came by and the, you know they looked at the new house and. He, they both said, or Marianne said, she's like, I don't really hear anything that he's doing while he's in there. Um, but I don't know. I might be overthinking it, but at the same time, I know I'm not. And I know that this is a huge concern that a lot of people have. And I really want to come up with a, a solid solution and be able to show what the difference is. Like today, I took yeah. decibel readings and screen mm -hmm. recorded it. And um, I, here's, I, here's the kicker. Here's the other thing that I can do. In the event, whatever I decide to do, right? Let's say I decide to only uh, put up the quiet rock or a, a similar thing, five-eighths inch versus half that's probably in there. Um, 
later on down the road, I can also, like the dining room, I can rip out that drywall in the dining room and replace that yeah. with Quiet um, Rock quiet rock or some other sort of product and then repaint it and it'll be like it, it never happened um another option is is we could uh at some point you know if we want to replace the carpet upstairs there's sound dampening underlayment you can use there's sound dampening pads there's sound blocking pads there's uh, all these different things that would actually stop that from coming upstairs as well so but then you just start roping more money into it yep hmm. so i don't know I'm nervous. I'm concerned. I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's going to be the one thing that I feel like takes the longest. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll figure something out. It may just come down to a time thing where I, I, I legit might have to just, you know, pay a little bit of extra money, hire a company to come in and do it like on a Wednesday when I'm at work and they have access to my garage. You know what I mean? Yep. And have I, it done in one day and come back the next day, put another thing of mud on, and you, I go in and paint it. You, you know, know e either either way, Jason, just just adding um, wool and 5-inch sheetrock is going to dampen a lot of sound. Oh, yeah. A lot of sound. And I think that for, for most applications, because that's what I had in my basement uh, before I, I had to gut everything out, is I had rock wool and I had... Um, maybe it was three eighths sheetrock, but um, when I removed that, I heard everything upstairs. Whereas before, I could like just barely hear, you know, the girls running or whatever if I was downstairs. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, from the sounds of it, and, and I know that you're, you know, ultraly con uh, concerned about it. I think that. Going from nothing to rock wool and sheetrock is a big jump. Going from rock wool and sheetrock to more specialized things, probably not not as big as a, a margin jump, even though even right. though there is. Um, you know, I just hope you don't stretch yourself out too much about it because again, no matter if you do anything, it's gonna it's gonna make a difference. You know. Yeah, I think the problem is now is I'm just really getting nervous on timing because think about it like this. What's today? So we got this weekend. This weekend we're painting mm -hmm. and the showings are happening. So I'm not going to get any of that done this weekend. The electrical hasn't happened yet. It'd be beneficial for the electrical to happen before, you know, I put new drywall up. That way we don't have to cut anything and, and do anything else. So next weekend maybe the electrical gets done and I can maybe start. Um the following weekend is going to be our move, our main move. Then the following weekend after that, maybe I can get stuff. Like, it, it's really just getting down to a point where it's like, oh, you know, because I do need to start moving stuff in there at some point. Because yeah. um, the goal would be the day that I actually ask people to come help me would be like, I've moved just about everything, guys. I just need your help with this big stuff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think all, everything's worked out so far. So I think it'll, it'll work out. I'll figure out what to do. It's just, I mean, any problem is fixed if you throw enough money at it. I mean, that, that's the reality. I mean, ultimately. This, this is just an expense that I was not expecting. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and, and I, I can understand the, the, not the frustration you're having, but the, the angst you're having. You know, really when you look at it, though, all of this can be solved with a couple 3M headphones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 
give them to my whole family. You know, why spend thousands when you could just spend a couple bucks and get everybody earmuffs? You know, no, even, I'm just, even for the baby. I have I have the money um, to be able to do these things, but with a new house comes a lot of other expenses. Mm-hmm. Luckily, this house is basically move-in ready. But I'll just to give you an idea, between the floors, the garage door, and the electrical, I'm already up to like seventy five hundred dollars mm-hmm. for the epoxy so, floors. Yeah. So this is just garage work at this point, and the fence. Those I, three things, I'm already at. Uh, I'm already right about seventy five hundred. And that's not counting the fence, right? Oh no 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 yeah, no no! It's no. Way, the, the, it's, the fence is more than that. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 The fence was over ten thousand dollars. Um. So. I'm just talking about shop stuff. You know, luckily the lights are going to be taken care of. Luckily the, the mini split. Um, and I'm just trying to be, you know, upfront and honest with, with everybody that's listening because they're going to want to know this. I'm going to have a YouTube video about this stuff. But um, now on top of that, let's add the drywall work. I mean, you're, if I do it myself, that's still at least $2,000 I'm going to spend. Yeah. At least. Um and that's if I can't get help from Rockwell, which as of right now, they, I mean, they haven't responded to my, they responded to me on Instagram and gave me a contact info to somebody else, but I haven't heard back from them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yep. sometimes I think like it's a, sh- it's a shame to rip out all that perfectly good insulation. Um, mm-hmm. And then I still, if I don't do that, if I don't do the ceiling, I still haven't come up with a solution for the ceiling. Now, if I want to get blown in cellulose, I can do it myself maybe for, you know, Four or five hundred bucks. That's a lot Maybe. of that's a lot no of cans box. of great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. well, I'm, just I'm cut just little holes in there and go because <laughs> my original plan was to do the the spray foam stuff and mm-hmm. it's not good know. for insulation. It's now they're like, uh, if you're trying to stop noise, like that's yeah. that wouldn't be what I recommend. No, it's good cellulose for, in the ceiling is the one thing that most people have told me. Like, yeah. You'll be best with uh, with cellulose, tight pack cellulose in the ceiling, and you do the rock wool in the walls. Yeah. So. Because you, any, anything that's that is closed cell and solid, it's only going to transfer noise. You want because mm-hmm. it you connects want, everything. At you that want point. air. You want air between your your yep. layers, so that the the sound doesn't have mm. anywhere to go. Anyway, I'm sorry. I rambled on about that for a long no, time. No, that's good. That is what's been on my mind, but the move itself, you know, it's going good. Can't wait to be in the new house, honestly. We got those desks moved, huh? Yeah. (laughs) After we banged them into the walls and... And We didn't cause any damage, did we? Broke a a drawer. (laughs) Yeah, who did that? (laughs) Yeah. Sedge and I, after we've been drinking, shouldn't move big desks. (laughs) No, no. I'll they get that drawer out of there. Yeah, they don't, it doesn't mix well. <laughs> Even if I have to so it out. There will be no alcohol during uh, painting until late in the day. Yeah. I'll probably start drinking like three or four beers. I don't, like, I don't know about you guys. That looks, like this. But that looks really good. That looks Going really over good. the same spot for 15 minutes. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on. Wait, wait. Do that again, Jason. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Well, you Those beers were delicious up. this oh, weekend. Double fisting. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
What'd you do this weekend, Jason? Well, uh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, good times. I did that just for you, uh, Instagram, Instagram real gold. <laughs> oh man, Sedge, what have you been up to? <sighs> a whole lot of stuff, uh, but not a lot in the shop. Just a lot at work, a lot going on, and you get home and you know you get a little tired, and she's next thing you know it's. Seven eight o'clock and you hit the sack, but hey, uh, Sunday mornings we've been shooting a lot of content. We're gonna do it again this Sunday. The missus is leaving for eight days, so I gotta be on doggy patrol the next week and just getting a lot of stuff ready. Uh, shipping out a lot of stuff down to Rubio for the uh, big uh, gig at the end of the month. Now we're doing the festival live down there and doing a shop talk. Uh, I think at Austin School of Furniture. So, a lot of stuff going on at now, work. When you not much, but I just got um, I got another new hand plane. I showed you last week, mm-hmm. and um, by uh, Javi, I uh, not Javi Bridge City Tool Works, uh, and uh, I am really, really impressed with it. Uh, at first, when you first grab it, you go, "Wow, this is really lightweight," and it is. It takes a little getting used to, but the the adjustments on it are perfect. It's the little uh, HP8. I'm I'm really impressed with it because out of the box it's wicked sharp, but the the refinements on wicked this it's sharp. it's it's an aluminum body, aluminum sole, but the adjustments and the way the cap iron connects to this, it's a little magnetic piece. So I'm gonna shoot a video on it this weekend, and I've been messing with that quite a bit when I have a a few minutes out in the shop here and there. Uh, like what? I need another hand plane, but this thing is wicked cool. It's, they call it their mini block plane. Okay. And it's nice. I was going to ask. Yeah, but it's got some, uh, it, you know, John Economaki, who um, is a designing phenom genius. He He's taken a lot of really cool things about a hand plane and refined it and made some really cool um, innovative uh, upgrades to it. So I'm I'm excited about doing a video on it and uh showing it out it's pretty cool that's what i've been working on in the shop and you know once again it's springtime in indiana and i'm getting all the yard work together and mm-hmm. getting you know getting all the the lawn looking good and getting some fill done from the winter and doing We're a few things two, uh, two sheds we need to build here pretty soon yeah for sure for sure and then like, you know, here and there I can get down to uh, Avon to help the Bents when I have time. So it's fun. And that's what I've been up and to. He's close, that's that's going to be closer to you now, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, about 35 minutes, 40 minutes, where the other commute was 50 to 60 minutes. But the nice thing is it's all on 267, which is all con- most of its country roads heading over in just a quick uh, trip through Brownsburg, and then I'm in Avon. Yeah, so I was, that's the funny was thing, some... Ben. I'm, I'm half the distance to Sedge now, but it still takes. Because of the road work. Because of the because road. Because of the road, yeah. 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 I'm it, much closer to him. Because before we would take the interstate majority of the way. Yeah. 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 And go straight And north. that. And that can be a packing lot sometimes mm-hmm. on the weekend. Yeah. 
you know, and just the crazies on there. And it's kind of nice. I like that. I like that trip on 267. So it's nice. It's cool. So that, you know, just getting up and getting back in the swing of things of being on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, sometimes I like it. (laughs) Sometimes I don't. I really, over the pandemic, I really, I really got into home again. Yeah. And being with Marianne and the dogs and my shop. And I got a lot of stuff done around the house. And I'm such a routine person. And (laughs) kicking me out of my routine. Holy mackinoli. Yeah. And and I'm sure that it's meeting the people is a great part. It's the travel part that's not as fun. Oh, yeah. It's it's all the smelly people on the airplanes and in the airports. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's true and just how rude people can be hey is there, is there a lot of smelly people up in first class mm, no way baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, you know hello, the nice Mr. thing Sedgley, we have we have your warm towel ready for you well the nice thing about first class that i like about it you get a little extra shoulder room a little extra but it's uh no one really is yeah. like kicking you in the back you know, no one's really kicking you underneath your seat. <laughs> I hate and they, the people and they who get provide, who... And they provide adult diapers if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's sometimes I get the upgrades because I do travel quite a bit. I fly Delta most of the time. That's who are flying down to Austin. It's cool. But boy, prices have gone up, baby. Woo! Oh, yeah. So my uh, my 20-year reunion is, is next month for um, from high school. And I'm the class president, so I have to, like, plan everything. And um, Jen and I were looking at tickets to go down there for the weekend when it when it is. And I think we would have to fly into, like, New Orleans or something like that. But it is cheaper for us to fly to Iceland than it is to fly <laughs> to New Orleans. Like, yeah. $300 cheaper. And I'm just like, why are we going to Louisiana? Let's just go to Iceland for a weekend, you know. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> Stupid expensive, man. And you would think that traveling, you know, nationally would be less expensive than flying internationally. It's mm-hmm. crazy times right now. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Biden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks thanks a lot. We thanks a lot, political. Bin Laden. Yeah, thanks, oh. Bin Laden. <laughs> I just like to say that anytime something happens, anytime anything changes, I'm like, I always do it around Nicole. <laughs> she, oh, she no. Loves it. I'm like, oh. thanks a lot, Biden. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> ben, what have you been up to? Schoolwork, man. This is my last um, full week of classes. I still have classes next week. I um, finished one of my classes today. I, I, I've turned everything in about two weeks early. So that's out of the way. And I've got a couple more finals this week and next week. And then I'll be done skis. So. Sweet. Yeah. <gasps> I have a big announcement. I totally forgot. What? Guess what I did today, Ben. You made a big poopy. Nope. <laughs> what? Well, I did that too. But I submitted my retirement paperwork to my battalion commander for his signature today oh man Ooh. so when i 
when I open up my laptop tomorrow, well, probably not. It'll probably be like two days from now. But when I open it up tomorrow, I'm hoping that in that email inbox is my signed terminal leave form and my 4187. And come next Monday, that's going to brigade. And I will just be waiting. Yeah, It's official. It is official. On, good, s- wow. on Sunday of this week. It's a good this feeling, Sunday man. marks 19 years in the Army. It's a good feeling. Congratulations. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I cannot wait. It's fantastic. Hopefully, Brigade, soon enough, hopefully Brigade doesn't kick it back. Oh, they won't. And if they do, I'll run to their office and punch them in the face. <laughs> no, I actually had the Brigade. We have a, a chief warrant officer who's like the Brigade admin guy. Super cool dude. He wrote me. Uh, I sent him a packet for somebody else the other day. Good buddy of mine. And he just immediately responded with, when are you turning in your packet? And I was like, oh, don't you worry, chief. (laughs) Next week, you will see my packet that I can promise you. And, well, the reason he was asking, though, is because, so I'm I'm an H3. I'm an H3 hearing profile. Mm -hmm. And this time they were not able to bump me down to a two. So because I'm an H3, it started a Mar 2. And so Sedge, a Mar 2 is like, it starts the process for like you to be medically separated from the military or whatever. Oh, okay. But when I went to do my hearing, she told me that. She was like, just so you know that this is going to trigger a Mar 2. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't, this isn't going to change anything with my retirement, right? She's like, for hearing, no. She's like, you're so borderline. She's like, my recommendation is going to be we just retain you in the in the position you're in. But our brigade uh, PA, like, really follows things by the book. So he was asking my sergeant major today, like, when is, is he retiring? Like, what's the deal with him? Like, ready to, like, process a MAR-2 yeah. for me to get yeah. separated. I'm like, I'm in 19 years. Like, you can't. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be okay. Just stop leave me being alone. a douchebag. Just stop yeah. being a douchebag. So he came and asked me today. He's like, "When's your approved retirement date?" I'm like, "I don't have a retirement date yet. I haven't submitted my retirement packet. It'll be May 1st of next year." And he was like, "I could have sworn you already submitted your packet." I'm like, "No, I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll submit it right now if you want me to." But that's, yeah, no. So big day. That's awesome, man. Congratulations again. I'm happy. Can't for wait. You. So, right, this so now that we've wasted 40 minutes talking about us, drywall, do you want to do, do the topic? Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know. This probably won't last super long. but So tonight is my topic, everybody. Mm. And we alluded to this in what episode was it, Ben? Uh, 23, I believe. 23-ish when uh, Jerry uh, Grennan. From, from GA Woodshop, yeah. Yeah, he asked us a question about, like, what what are you thinking about when you're buying tools? And I had made a comment in that episode talking about how the way that I look at tools has changed, and that we thought that that would be a good episode. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And so... 20, 24, my bad. Episode 24. 24. Um, so this is a little bit different. So what we want to focus more on is how how we've looked at buying tools in different stages. I think that's probably the best way to break it down. So I was talking to the guys before the podcast started and I, 
I basically said, you know, let's think back to when we first started woodworking and then think back to, you know, we've been working for woodworking for a while and then we're like kind of midway through and we have a little bit of experience. And then, you know, now where we've been doing it for a while and we have a good collection of tools, how that kind of steers it. So um, I guess I'll just go ahead and kick it off. Um, and I'll start with when I first got started. My tool purchases were completely based on what a YouTube video told me. Right? So, and, and, and I think the reason for that is because I just started woodworking and I don't know anything about woodworking. All I know is that I want to build a table that I saw another guy build, uh, guy or gal, in my case, DIY Pete. And his video told me what tools I needed because he used them in his video and they're very minimal. And that's how I bought my tools in the very beginning. Um, I don't know if you guys have a similar uh, story or something completely different, but to me it was like, I'm interested in woodworking. I want to do this. How do I, you know, what am I going to build? Oh, this guy has video and it tells me everything I need. I'm going to go buy that. And so that's kind of how it started, right? What about you, Ben? In, in a way, yes. Um, there, there wasn't one particular video or, or reference or resource that I'd used to, to kind of help guide me as to what I needed to purchase. I think, I think beyond the, the traditional like circular saw, drill, um, I, I'd already had this tool. Actually, my, my best friend had bought that for me for um, as a wedding gift. They, it stayed in a bag for years. It was like one of Ryobi's first cordless systems. Um, but I remember buying a benchtop planer because I wanted to take like pallet wood almost and like smooth it out. Well, you can't you can't thickness wood with a with a joiner. Like you can surface it, but you can't thickness it, especially square. Um, and so I, I think that a lot of the, the tools that I bought in the beginning were based on um, maybe misconceptions that I had about what the tool did or, and what the capabilities were, if that makes sense. Again, like buying, mm -hmm. a, th buying a joiner, a benchtop joiner, um, without really understanding what it did and what it was for, you know. Um, so I guess naiveness or naivety is was in there for like the tools that I did purchase. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say that the, when I really got into woodworking, um, the first thing I bought was a router because I needed to make dados. I didn't have uh, a space big enough for a table saw. Uh, don't get into this yet. Into, into what? Cause you jumped ahead when you really got into woodworking. I'm okay. What, right what, now. What I mean, what I mean is like, Getting into woodworking, meaning like when I wanted to start making projects for my house, not I gotcha. okay. not like professional okay. sense, but just like figuring out, discovering, oh, I can make things now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I didn't again. I, I didn't look at um, particular videos as like a reference to to kind of guide me. I I thought of what I wanted to make and okay, what what tools um, do I need to make this? but the tools that are going to take up the, the least amount of space and um, the technique isn't going to really require me to 
to do a whole lot more beyond just using that individual tool. So I think that in the beginning, I, I, I didn't think about um, the ease of use of the tool. I didn't think about um, the quality per se. It was just whatever was available at the PX pretty much because uh, I was at Fort Campbell at the time. Or Lowe's or, wow, or you whatever. Wow, really, you were really struggling for tools if you were just shopping for tools at the PX. The PX, they sold power tools, didn't they? Yeah, not very many, though. Okay, maybe, maybe I went to Lowe's then <laughs> to, to get it. Um, I always walk through the aisles of any PX when I go to a military installation. It's always the same stuff. I'm like, oh, geez. But, okay, so to, to, to try to clarify like what, what, what I was like when I would do it, it's like, oh, okay, I need a router. I would just right. go and just f- look for the words router on a shelf and then pick whatever tool was behind it. Like I had no uh, con- concept of different horsepowers, different collet sizes, uh, the router bits. I had no idea what any of that stuff was. I just knew, okay, I need a router. I go to the shelf that says router, and that's what I pick. That was that was the first year, I guess, of woodworking mm-hmm. whenever I would buy tools. And I, I didn't buy that many tools in the beginning, but... I have a feeling I know where Sedge is going to take this because he's he's coming from a completely different background than you and I are. Oh, absolutely. So, Sedge, go ahead. So, uh, I just want to mention this. <clears throat> Growing up, I um, a joint. What you guys call a jointer now was a was a thick was a we called it a planer. Uh, my grandfather's shop in Northern Maine, and that's how you thickness wood, and you learned how to thickness wood on that planer or what you guys call jointer now. Um, and as you guys are talking, I almost don't want to answer this question because you're going to rag on me <laughs> because there was no internet. No, we <laughs> there was no internet. Um, so no, that, that's, well, so I started, just to be clear, I st- that's why this podcast is so beneficial I, because of, I, you know, super old people like you. My, Sorry, so Sage, I had to do it. So when I first started, you should have said anything because um, that, that I just talked, us to like start. I I talked to Fred and Barney, and we went down the bedrock to get our to get our uh, uh, Porter Rock cable routers. And uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, it, this is tough because when I was a kid, my my sister even has pictures of me in my grandfather's shop with a hand plane, and I think I've mentioned that before. I've I didn't know I was a woodworker. And then let's fast forward to 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, building cribbage boards when I could on those two weeks up in northern Maine with my grandfather. I learned basic tool skills, but just dick messing around in his shop, you know. So let's fast forward to I'm married and I need furniture for the house. Everything I didn't have any money but every purchase I made was a router I know what a router was but I needed a router but I wanted a good one so I got a port of cable um, I got a drill um, I was working on uh, in a screened in patio uh, on my town home in Fort Lauderdale to make some furniture and then it just morphed into a business but I was very cautious because I didn't have and I'll say I didn't have dick, okay? Um, I always, I hate it when people start belittling tool brands 
you know, some of these cheaper brands, but I didn't have anything. So I had to get a, a CS Craftsman jigsaw. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had to start. I had to start somewhere where you would start cutting the curve, and the blade you wanted the blade go one way, and it went the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's what you. It's what you can afford. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I started a woodworking business, and boy, did it morph quick and scale up fairly decently. And well, I went from a small shop to a smaller shop to. Moving in with a business partner and building cabinetry, but always everything was planned. Um, and then things happened where, hey, my buddy just died. You want to come over and pick through the tools? Hey, I got a couple of uh, nail guns. You want them? You know, and people would give me stuff. So yeah, the tool collection grows, but there's a lot of times you've got to start somewhere. And I'll tell you what, for a lot of people out there who want to know, I you know what I would do? I'd, I'd look in a because I, I I couldn't buy a fine woodworking magazine. I had to buy some something else. So I'd go into the store and look at a fine woodworking, and I wasn't looking at the damn tool reviews because those are always skewed. I don't care what the publisher says they're always skewed to, uh, to the advertising in there oh, so i would look in the craftsman's shops who were building the shaker sle- uh, sleigh beds or this and i would see what they were purchasing in the back and then i would save my money and i would buy that tool you know uh, i'd see what chisels they were using what planes they were using you know i would see oh they're rating this Sly Compound Midasaw um, as the top one, and you would go look at it in the store. It was a piece of crap. But then you'd look at the craftsmen and the guys in the back, and they all had those green handles, and they were Hitachis. And at one time, those were the those were the cat's pajamas. So that's how I learned over time not to look at tool reviews and magazines. That was one of the things I wrote down here. Um, and the other thing is if you're out on a job site doing something, or you see somebody, you know who's a true craftsman and like a trim carpenter. Hey, what do you think of this tool? What do you think of this one? So you guys went to YouTube. I did it word of mouth. Follow me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so it's, I, I, I it's grew interesting up the difference there. Mm-hmm. So like Ben and I, we went into it with no working knowledge right Mm -hmm. and we kind of just went based off what we think we know without or what we think we need because either somebody told us or because you know i did maybe i did a little bit of research but you had that experience and you instead of looking at a youtube video that you know 50 people you could get opinions of you know you were going to people because you already kind of had that knowledge you've already been woodworking a little while you kind of knew what some of the tools were your resource was people that are in the trade doing the thing, using the tools that you know you might need or want. That's that's sometimes like we discuss this, you know, a bit. There's a lot of people out there who are creating content. And, I, you know, sometimes you can really tell they're just content creators. They're not craftsmen. I, you, There are some really good craftsmen on YouTube, and those are the guys I follow. 
because there's there's a lot of BS out there. And, you know, when someone says, hey, this is so-and-so, and you know it's a piece of crap. You know, it's, but, you know, the guy's making some bang for yeah, the buck. They're, they're just turning company, our content crank. You know, so. Yep. And you can tell who knows what they're doing and who's who doesn't. Yeah. So I'm not trying to be a downer. It's just I'm I'm very wary about people's recommendations. So it's kind of like, you know, I told you I used to look at magazines and not look at reviews, but look at the craftsman shop. It's kind of like now on YouTube because I watch a lot of YouTube, <laughs> you know, and I know who's saying the right thing and who isn't. I, to the best of my ability, there's somebody will always ask, and I have recommended this. What's the best uh, kitchen cabinet book? And it's by Robert Lang, uh, the complete kitchen cabinet maker. And everybody goes, "Why?" I go, "Because when I read." The, the the text in there this guy knows his stuff he's done it he's walked it he, he can walk the walk talk the talk but walk the walk the guys are obviously installed a bunch of frameless and framed cabinetry you know you could tell just because some of the little things he mentions in that in that uh book mm-hmm. so that those are the guys i look to yeah i do have a lot of woodworking books i collect them um because knowledge is is gold well, and that's know, how i learned but but on on like I'll, I'll, t- I'll mention one guy that i just love because he knows his stuff you guys ever watch on youtube paul sellers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that guy's awesome <laughs> period he knows his stuff yeah. he's walked the walk you know so just stuff like that so that's that's kind of what i look for when i'm if i'm purchasing a tool well let's say hey, i see what he's using why is he like that? I mean, he, he could get all these different mocking knives. He uses this old Stanley mocking knife. That's killer, you know? So, Right. Um, so, interesting different perspectives, like, early on. I knew Sedge's answer was going to be different because I knew he grew up doing this as where um, Ben and I kind of just got into it, right? So we had no knowledge and no knowledge base. So obviously Sedge's, you know, way forward is, is, you know, pretty substantially different from ours, which is why I think that the conversation is good. But let's fast forward now to, you know, we've been woodworking a little while. You know, what's what ends up happening once that transition that started making you think of tools differently? And for me, you know, I, I talked earlier about, you know, breaking this down into three parts right when you get started, after you've been doing it for a while, kind of that midway point. And then once you've been doing it for a while and you've already built that collection of tools. So this phase for me was the tool collecting stage. And for me, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, Mm. it was like, I have $2,000. I can buy this one tool or I can buy these 10 tools. And it's not necessarily because I thought I needed all 10 of those tools it was because i'm a woodworker i should probably have x y and z mm-hmm. i didn't have the knowledge yet to know am i actually going to use this i felt like i needed to have it because my wood my workshop wouldn't be complete without it because i was i didn't i didn't have the experience or the knowledge to know otherwise you, you didn't have the prerequisite knowledge to know what you needed and didn't need it 
Right. I mean, I think at this point you're kind of starting to get that idea, you know, but a really good example would be, you know, I was woodworking for, for a good amount of time. I don't want to say a long time. I I still haven't been woodworking for a long time, but, um, you know, a decent amount of time I built multiple tables. I built multiple things that had flat panels. I didn't have a biscuit joiner. I didn't, I didn't really know what a biscuit joiner was until one popped up on, you know, Facebook marketplace. And I'm like, biscuit joiner google what is a biscuit joiner oh that probably be helpful and i bought it and i'm like where was this magical piece of equipment Mm. for the last you know year and a half this would have made things so much easier but you know so then i bought that and then it was like well if this is good maybe this other thing would be good and this other thing would be good and these clamps would be good and maybe i need a bandsaw maybe i need a drill press and maybe i need all these things and then what ends up happening is you have all of these tools sitting in your shop and you're like I only use that like once every six months, right? But that mid phase, I think that's where that, that's how I bought tools. I bought tools because I thought, I thought that I needed them because I was a woodworker. What I find interesting is that, is that we both ended up to the same place, but we, 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 we had a different path getting there. So you were saying how you would buy tools because you thought that you needed it, whereas because I, I got to the point too where, and this was years ago when I had Valame designs, where I had just a shop full of tools, again, that I didn't use. Um, but even worse is that I only used them once. So I would be in the middle of a, of a custom project and I knew what I wanted to do. And I had the basic tools to do it. And I knew that if I... I could get it done, but it would just take me forever to do it. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just buy this tool, which will make this one job really quick. And then because I was doing custom work, I literally never used that tool ever again. Um, right. And it, it was a, a scroll saw. And um, and again, like in, in another person's hands, scroll saw is, is infinitely more powerful, right? But for me, I, I bought it for one job. And, and that's it. And so I, I, again, I, I started to have this collection of tools, not because I thought I needed them, but because I, I wanted to get up, I, I wanted to expedite this one project or this one step because the, whatever tools I had before were just, it was just going to take too long. And so speed was a, a reason, a big reason in, in my beginning as to why I bought certain tools, because I, I had a limited amount of time. You know, I was still active duty military at the time, and I just wanted to get things done as quick as possible so that way I could ship it out and then start working on whatever the next project was. Um, I, I, I do not do that at all anymore um, whatsoever, um, and mainly because I don't take that much of custom jobs anymore. Before, if someone said, hey, can you do this but do it a little bit different? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was so hungry to get a new customer, a new client that I was completely overworking myself. And like I, I get messages now all the time with my stools like, hey, can you make it a little bit taller? Can you do this? Can you change that? I'm like, nope, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can engrave it a, a different name, but I'm not going to change the size. I'm not going to change the color. I'm not going to change the finish. I, oh, I, I take that back. I do if someone asks me for an unfinished tool, I'll, I'll give them an unfinished tool, but because that's not adding to my workload, that's actually taking it off. But now I just I just don't I turn people away. I'm like I don't I don't need your order, you know. I right. do it because I like making these. 
Um, but yeah, Inter- again, interesting that we we got to the same point, but we we got there in different ways. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sedge? We're talking once intermediate, were, intermediate. Yeah, once you once you yeah, had gotten into it, yeah. things were starting to move. What started yeah. to change your the way that let's you talk, looked at purchasing tools? Let's talk about the the shop. Let's talk about I'm making money now. And I'm walking in somewhere, and I see something like, oh, that's a really good deal. I may need that. Let me get that. Mm. Okay. Mm. Or somebody walks in your shop and goes, hey, dude, so-and-so is going out of business. Man, I couldn't clamor to go over to that shop and buy and buy up stuff. And, and then I'd get it back, and it would tuck away. And we had a tool room, or we had a, we had a supply room. Uh, for you know slides and knobs and pulls and shit like stuff like that and I I I was into the deal getting a good deal on yeah. something yeah and yeah. Um, so boy it's al- did it's I almost like did FOMO, I a- but mm-hmm. did I accrue a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what it was but <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> A lot of talking about you only have like seven hundred and forty-two force rounds. Oh my god! Oh my god! But well, when we go into now how I purchase, it's more how I pass it on, how I give it away, Mm -hmm. because I've learned. um, Yeah, and I'm tackling certain areas of the shop. So I'll I'll talk about that about if I need to make a purchase nowadays because I'm getting ready to make a couple of purchases this year. Uh, so okay, so you're saying that you in the mid intermediate range, you were more of an impulse buyer. Yeah, well, I couldn't pass up the deal. I, I was, and too. I'm going to tell you what I'm I'm giving away stuff now that I never used mm-hmm. in original packaging because it was a killer deal. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, or people would give it to me, and I'd go, oh, I'll take it, I'll take it. You know, well, and see, I'm just like, that, it's interesting though because you could probably wrap the impulse buying phase to any one of our explanations that we just did. Because mm-hmm. if you're saying I can't pass up a good deal, um, Ben was like, I need it to simplify this one thing, and maybe I only used it for that. Yeah, yeah. and Definitely me, impulse. I was like, I'm buying it because I think I need it. And I'm a woodworker. That. Mm-hmm all of those kind of classify as an impulse buy because you're really getting serious about the hobby and you feel like you need to have all that stuff. So that's interesting. Yep. Impulse buy is a good way to classify that mi- middle tier. Yep. And it, I, like I said, I accrued a ton of stuff, but it's, it's, it's kind of cool now because of the stuff I'm passing on to people and I'm decluttering and right. I'm more organized. I, Ben, I think, I don't know what episode it was. We were talking about, you're selling off everything within the year that, or if you haven't used it yeah. in a year, I can't my, do I I can't do that. But I've decluttered quite a bit in my shop, and I continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not that I need more room. I, I it it actually ends up that I gain more room. But there are certain things that need to be updated. And um, and so here, let me let me go back to the beginning. And then now intermediate. So, of course, I started with that Craftsman jigsaw, right? You know, the one that turned and went. You wanted to go one way and Drift. the blade yeah, went the blade other. Drifts. But it, it got me through the job that I needed to cut that that design in, right? And then I bought, uh, I think it was a port of cable 
It was a really good deal in a national tool, so I bought it. It was an upgrade. But I always wanted that Bosch. Okay? So I bought the Bosch, you know, and I really liked it. Barrel grip. Guess what I had? I had, I still had the Craftsman. I still had the port of cable. And I still had the Bosch. <laughs> okay? And I realized something. I can't pat with them because I may need them. I'll never need them because I finally got a Festool. While I had a Bosch, I got the Festool Try-On. And, man, I was sold on that because I cut perpendicular. It was one uh, like the third or fourth Festool I bought. And, of course, I don't know anything else anymore. I gave those away. I didn't sell them. I gave them away to people who needed them. But I was holding on to them. Why was I holding on to them? You know? I mean, oh, my God. R Port of Cable 690 routers? I didn't realize you could change the bit. I had like 10 of them. <laughs> All right, this is my Champer router. This is my rabbit, dude, <laughs> rabbit router. Dude, 70, 73.10s in my shop. I had 10 and Mikey had 10. We had 20 73.10s. We did a lot of mica work. Yeah, I, mean, I think that if you're, if you're in a high production environment, that having makes dedicated sense. tools 100% makes sense. 100% yep. makes sense. But, I mean, you know, it's so <laughs> – I would buy something to speed up. Time yeah, in, that's, the, in yeah, the cabinet that's, shop. But again, and that was the name of the game. Experience came with that. So you had been woodworking mm -hmm. for a while. You had gone through the steps, and then you realized what you did. And I think that's that's a good segue into the the, the next part, which is now, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you have that experience, years of years and years and years and years of experience, Sedge. Um, it's a lot of years. Um, I'm an old bastard. But, <laughs> no, in all honesty, though, like, think about it. Everybody, people that are listening to this podcast, there's people that are listening to this podcast that have been woodworking for six months, three years, 15 years, uh, five years, whatever, right? And and they're clearly listening to the podcast because they love my soothing voice. But Sedge, how did you guys get cabinet work during the Great Depression? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. I just, we just learned about that today in my economics class. I heard it was. I heard 33 was a really hard year. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. It's always been hard for me every year. Oh, my God. Hey-o. Hey-o. Uh, get back on topic here, God. boys. So looking at it now, um, oh. you know, now I find myself in a position We'll start with me, right? We're having influence. I find myself in a position now where, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, people no, know me. So okay. I, I, okay. So for those that don't know me and the people that always <laughs> wonder, like, why I have all the tools that I do, it's I have the tools that I do because I have an obsessive personality. And so when I get into things, I tend to get into them extremely heavily very quickly. Um, Unfortunately, a big part of that is, is sometimes I tend to go move on to the next thing and do the same thing with that again. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening with what I'm doing now because this is more like consumed my life. Um, but I am in a position now where it's like, and again, I, I've said this before on the podcast, this isn't to sound big headed or, you know, like I'm better than anybody else, but it, it's going to be pretty I am. hard. To, which I am. Better yeah, than which, <laughs> yeah, which I am. I'm clearly better than everybody. I mean, I have a furrow oh helicopter. Um, have you seen these epoxy floors? Have you seen those? I yeah. don't think you have. 
it's got sprinkles. Okay. It's. I don't. I don't see the upgrade ability. I know that's not a word, but I don't. I don't see that in my life. Well, I, I think that you're. You've kind of hit the ceiling, of of where a, uh, you know, even though you you create content, you're essentially a uh, a hobbyist that records himself making stuff for the most part, right? Yeah. Where one hundred percent, I agree with you. you. You you have you have hit that that pinnacle point, and anything beyond this, whether that goes in the size of your equipment, um, and, and really that's it, you know, because mm. you have precise. The uh, size tool. of my equipment is. <laughs> you know what I heard, brother. <laughs> is grand. He's the, the, written, like, he's hit the pinnacle the on the size of his equipment. I just yeah, um, let me tell you about my unit. I just talked to Adam Fuller, who's one of our patrons, and he works in a production environment. And he was saying how um, he was just commenting on on episode thirty one. And he has one of those really big industrial table saws at in his production shop. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that the same guy? The message you sent me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where he's talking about the. I want to. I want to address that at the end. Okay. Um, but he was saying how he has one of these, you know, massive industrial table saws. Um, it's like fifty thousand dollars. You know, it's it's great for breaking down sheet goods. Uh, it's great for like doing a lot of repeat cuts. However, the quality of the cut it, it is no different than a track saw, um, a, a good a good track saw. And so, you know, I a hundred percent agree with you, Jason. Is is that you know you have hit a point now to where the uh, the performance of the the tools that you have, the quality of the tools that you have, the type of work that you're doing, the quantity of work that you're doing, you don't you don't need anything else now because again you've hit that ceiling. If you were to go over that, now you're hitting into like production work and sh- and cabinet shops and all this other stuff. Um, so I think that that probably helps with that that obsessive. Uh, mentality where it's like, well, there really isn't anything above here that I can at least afford. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, to, to varying degrees. Yeah, I'll jump back in here because you're 100% right. But to kind of go back to how I go about tool purchases now, it's actually very closely aligned with what you're saying. It's It's not that like, you know, I'm not looking for the tool company that is going to be the next step up from festival one because it doesn't exist and two you know you know i have the the hammer a341 joiner planer combo that's a fantastic machine mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not looking if i want to upgrade on that i'm going to buy a format four or i'm going to buy a felder right mm-hmm. same company but i'm going to buy their you know their uh you know, upgraded version of that thing. And it's going to come with different bells and whistles, but at this end of the day, it does the same thing. Right. So I'm not, I I don't even think about tools like that anymore. I, the majority of my tool purchases now, honestly are based off content reasons. Mm -hmm. Good example of that. Lamello. I bought the Lamello (laughs) in the end at the end of December. It is now April fifth it is still in the sustainer <laughs> i have not getting ready I, to be moved to the new house i have not plugged it in it still ha- it still has the banding 
to tie the, the cord, cord up. I yeah. haven't even done that, right? But I bought that because, one, the obsessive personality. Two, it's a very useful tool, and I know that I can use it for content reasons. And it's going to give me another opportunity to do YouTube videos and answer questions because I think that's something on my channel. That's how I look at things now, right? I, I am fortunate enough because of my obsessive personality to have a shop that does have a lot of the tools that everybody wants to know about mm -hmm. because the people that are in that beginning stage and that mid stage and even the advanced stage, they're looking at those tools, thinking about getting them or want to know more about them. And social media has brought in light to a lot of these brands. That's how I think of tools now because for me, like the Lamello, even though I haven't touched the thing in four months, and that is not a joke, it will not get touched until probably June time frame when I'm in my new shop. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, is that I, I saw an opportunity there. It does something cool, and I'm going to use that and be able to show that in content, and it will be helpful. Um, and so that's kind of how I go about my tool purchases at this point if something new comes out on the market and, and it seems interesting or I know it's going to solve a problem right now even if it's a little problem right it's my shop it's I'm not doing uh, you know production work right but if it if it's going to help me in my content production in the way that I build things and it's going to give me good content that is how I purchase my tools and because of that my tool purchases now these days are few and far between because I've already built up that stockpile of things that I need. And now it's really just coming down to what's the next cool thing that comes out. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm sorry. I got really distracted because I didn't know that Susie was in the room with you and Sag didn't even notice that she was. In oh, there. right here. Yeah. Hey Susie. <gasps> oh, that's the first like time this. I've ever seen your cat. She's like this. <laughs> Jason. Right now, Dude. audio listeners, Jason just uh, licked his hand and is imitating your cat cleaning itself with its paw. Yep. I wasn't imitating. I was. That's how I shower. <laughs> nice. My cat taught me that. Mm. Um, that's the first I, time I I've seen your kitty cat. Susie. That's not true. It, no, I've never seen your cat, dude. <laughs> She's always up... Yeah, she is always. That didn't come out right. Wow, Sage, this is a family podcast for Christ. <laughs> oh my God, that did come out right. That came out terrible. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Ben's always exposing his kitty cats. That's right. Yeah, he is. I just I just put my cat outside. <laughs> oh um, God. I I think that. That my my tool purchasing habits now, it I think it is still rooted in time, um, but I think it's a little bit more matured at this point. I, I when I am thinking about buying a tool, and and at this point I, I, I mean I haven't thought about buying a tool since I got the castle or ordered the castle back in November or October, whenever it was that I bought it. But I want the tool. If, if I need one, I want the tool that is going to bring me from A to C the qu in the quickest amount of time. So what that mm -hmm. means is when you first buy the tool, I don't want to have to worry about setting it up. I don't want to have to worry about tuning it. I don't want to have to worry about cleaning it off. I don't want to have to worry about um, 
I, I, I don't want to have to do with any of that. And maybe that's, you know, right now, maybe that's just how I am because I'm, you know, in school full time and stuff like that. And my time is incredibly valuable. Not that no one else's isn't, but again, I, I when I'm in my shop, I want to be in action. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yep. have to piddle with time. something. I don't want, I don't want to have to yeah. create a jig for something. You know, I don't. What's your time worth? Yeah, I don't want to have to do any of that. And so right now, or at least for the past year and a half, two years, that is what has guided my tool purchasing decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like with the Glowforge, it is the most minimal setup. You know, from the time you take that thing out of the shipping box, you are cutting uh, stuff with the laser in 30 minutes. When I had my previous laser cutter, this cheap uh, Chinese 40-watt laser, uh, it's called a K40. They're like... They're like the most generic laser cutters you can get. I mean, I had to like flush the tube out to get the cooling in. I had to like align the laser. I had to align the mirrors. I had to like it. It was a week of of just trying to get this laser to even cut. And we're not even talking about the software that it comes with. And so, you know, a few years ago, I was all about doing that because it was cheap. You know, I could make up for that cost by my own labor. Um, and, and I could, you know, eventually work around to get it. But now I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to tune something. I just want to be able to buy it, use it, and it's going to give me accurate results and it's going to be quick to use. And so, you know, I, I, I'm kind of where Jason is now. Like I, I have not looked at tool tools to purchase in, in months now. Um, because I, I don't feel like with the things that I'm making for my current needs, um, I, I have everything that I that I want at the moment. You know, I think if I ever move and get a bigger shop, and if I'm making bigger furniture or more intricate furniture, I may I may need a table saw. You know, I, I don't ever want to discredit table saws. I just right now I don't need one. You know, I've gotten away with with not having it. Um, I think that I'm I am more deliberate now with when I buy tools. Like I I sat on buying the castle for. I don't know, six to eight months. I just kind of waited. Uh, I, I mean, one is the the tool wasn't available to purchase, but I, I still hadn't made that decision that I wanted to buy one for many, many months. Um, if if I'm in the middle of a project and and this really happens now to where I'm like, man, I really wish I had this. You know, going back to like episode six or seven, uh, if I if I hit that that moment where I wish that I really had a tool on hand. I write it down and every other time after that, that I, f- I have that need or that want to have that tool. I just put a tick mark next to it. And after a couple months, whichever tool has the most tick marks, like that's the one that I'll probably buy next. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I, I again, I, I think that I'm still looking for what it's going to give me the quickest result, but I'm a little bit more patient with when I get it out. And, and I turn people's requests down if, if I don't, really want to do it you know if it's going to cost me more time and money like people ask me all the time if i can stain the stools that i have and i'm like no like no i mean you could stain yourself i'll look like walnut i'll send it (laughs) that's how that's how they do it right there's there's only one tree in the world and then there's different paints for it you get your walnut paint you get your red oak paint white oak paint um <clears throat> but no, I I turn those jobs down because again my my time is worth to me more than anything else and 
I definitely don't want to spend it staining hmm. plywood. So, what about you, Sedge? How how are things for you now? Now you're out of the you're out of the trades. You're you know you work for uh, a really prominent tool company. You have your own shop. What? How has your tool purchasing decisions changed now that you're? You, you mentioned something, Ben. Ben, you mentioned something, and I call it my cooling off period. Um, if I'm really hot on getting a new tool, um, I put it on my uh, how do you say uh, shopping cart and save it for later. Uh, I don't make uh, impulsive buys as much as possible. Um, uh, I do a ton of research, and that research happens to be friends. Because I'll borrow a tool, or I'll say, "Hey, uh, I want to get I want to get as much input as I can for somebody who owns the tool." I don't read. I, I used to read a lot of reviews on Amazon, and I stopped because I saw how that can be quite the scam. <laughs> so I'm very cautious. Um, I'll wait six months before I purchase. Get ready to make a purchase probably within a couple of months on a new piece of machinery for the shop because uh, my old Delta uh, went kaputs last fall. Mm -hmm. And that goes to you saying about tuning. I was tired of tuning that 1968 Delta. It was a beauty, yeah. but it's now in a scrap yard. So I'm going to probably purchase a, a bandsaw. So it's a cooling off period for me because I'll tell you what, this, this is going to sound funny, but this will probably be the last one I'll own. I'm going to make it the right one, and I'm going to make it a very... Um, intelligent purchase mm -hmm. okay so I have a story because I thought of this question today when it was posed <clears throat> and good friends some of them want to spend your money oh yeah that's true okay Jason you're always trying to spend my money oh, and so isn't Rick but Rick and I were in the nads today at lunch we were just we love going over there just to meander around and uh, Rick said, oh, my God, look at that. He saw the red tag. Normally $30. It was down to $15. And you guys know the brand Halder? It's a killer uh, hammer from Germany. Okay, yep. great. And they carry them at Menads, okay? So he picked it up, and we walked around with it. And I looked at him after a while, and I said, hey, Rick, you really need another hammer? And he looked at me and goes, it's because it's a dead blow hammer, but it's a weighted one with a steel T in it. And he said, my old one is cracking. So, yes, I need a new one. I went, good purchase. <laughs> so I thought about it as we were talking. I was like, you got to know what you need to upgrade to, but don't make that impulse purchase. So, so <laughs> and the funny thing is, we get up to the register, and he's checking out, and he rang it up at 11 bucks instead of 15 15 And I'm walking out, and I thought about it. I go, man, that is a really good deal at 11 bucks. And I thought about it. Do you know how many get? Do you many? You know how many daggone hammers I got? Oh, because sweet. I got sledges. I got I got wooden for you know Sedge chiseling. Has sledges. Oh my god! I got so many hammers; it's ridiculous. But am I gonna pat with somebody? Some of them, yes. So the the way I want to end this topic for me is uh, some of you said some people out there may be novices that listen to this podcast. Some people may be intermediate. Some people maybe have been doing it twenty, thirty years. 
Okay, pass it on. I have a nephew who works in uh, cabinetry down in North Carolina. Every Christmas he's up here, he walks away with two or three bags worth of tools. Big D, he, you know I'm teaching him woodworking. He's gotten quite a bit. Jordan at work. Yes, I pronounced his name right. <laughs> he's time. inheriting quite a few tools. Uh, my kids, you know, Frankie, he's, he's got, uh, I gave him quite a few tools. And Daniel, my grandson, mm -hmm. will probably inherit pretty much the lion's share, uh, as well as my other grandson, uh, Gray, when he gets old enough. But pass it on, man. Pass on the knowledge and pass on your tools. So and that's how I'm going to end it. So, Jason, did you want to, like, kind of close it out with, like, a little bit of advice for each, each level, more or less? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, and, and, and to be as brief about it as possible, you know, obviously we don't need to fledge on about I it. I would but. say when you're, when you're looking at buying tools, regardless of the, skip the part that we struggled through and really think, this is my advice, really think about what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. And, and we've talked about it before. Don't think that just because you're a woodworker, you need a certain tool. Like, yeah, base it off I of an actual practical need not a theoretical need yeah i could yeah. walk out in my shop right now and get rid of three major tools and i think i would be just fine yeah without them because yeah. it's that's how i work now unfortunately though a lot of that comes with experience in the way you do things mm -hmm. i'm not a i don't build client work anymore i pick and choose what i want to build um and i've done things multiple ways so i know i could get by with something else doesn't mean it's going to be easy easy Right, like an example would be, you know, I I, I know Sedge just cringes when he hears this, but like, I'll, I'll I'll use the drill press. That's a better example. I could get rid of the drill press and be totally fine. Oh, right, Sedge loves the drill press. I could get rid of it. You can't drill at ninety. You cannot drill at ninety. You need a drill can, press. Plenty of levels. No, no. I could. I need plenty of squares to guide my drill. No. But again, I'm not, no, but name one instance where that is utterly important, Sedge. Using a force in a bit. You need a drill press to properly, if you're getting a perfectly flat bottom hole, I need a, I need a drill press for force in the bits. Oh, God. You ever, you ever see the videos I do with Big D and he's, drill, and he's drilling? I'm constantly grabbing his hand and moving it because... It's tough to drill at a perfect 90 with any drill, especially a T-handle drill because no, it's always cocking. I agree cocking. with you there, but I think, it again, that goes back to more of like what it is that you're making and is that specific application with that Forstner bit completely imperative that you have a perfectly flat 90-degree hole. You know what I mean? Um, and then the other thing, too, is just because you have a drill press doesn't mean it's going to be guaranteed 90 unless you take the time to ensure that your table is set up 90 degrees to the bit. Yeah, that's easy. You pull the chuck and you reset it with your drift pin. Right, but what I'm saying, though, is it, it's just different for every scenario and every application with everybody that works. For me, I could do it. I really am the an old-timer, aren't I? You, the Sedge. only thing... I, I got the such only a... thing I use a drill press for, the only thing, literally is to drill um, 
holes for my hinges. That is it. And I could absolutely do that without a drill press. I got such a Jimmy Stewart vibe from Sedge whenever you said that. He's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> you, you, you can't just come in here, Jason, and, 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 and say that you can't use a, a drill press, Jason. I could do without a bandsaw. You, you, you can't just let it go, you know. You can't, you, you, you can't just do it, Jason. I could do without a miter saw. Dog on it, Jason. Oh, 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 you've been, you've been listening doesn't... to Patrick. You need a miter saw. No. You need a drill press. And you need a bandsaw. No, again, no, you don't, you don't need those. See, that, that's the difference, right? You don't need those. And that's where people fall into that. If you... A drill press would probably be the very first thing that I could absolutely be okay with getting rid of because in me and my shop, the way that I work, I don't need one. It's nice to have. Miter saw? Oh, believe me, it's wonderful to have, and I think anybody that uses one would attest to that. That doesn't mean I need it. I could do everything that I needed to do, God's honest truth, on my assembly table. Does that mean it's going to be as fast or as efficient as having some of those other tools? No, absolutely not. So I, I would say that my advice, if you're in the beginning stage, is uh, to either borrow, if at all possible, if, if there's a new tool that you think that you may need or, or you feel like you have to have, try to borrow it first or at least get your hands on yes. it and use it first. Um, and then buy it used before you, you, you plunk the, the brand new cash down. Because what you don't want to do is to buy something brand new it doesn't have a very high resale value or the, the margins are, are pretty low. And now you've, you know, you're going to lose money on an experience. But so either borrow it, buy it used at first. And then that way you, you have a low investment in the beginning and you're getting a lot of that experience. And through trying things out without dropping a whole lot of cash down, you, you, you get a, you get into like a, a, a rhythm of, the things that you want to do, the kind of things that you want to make. Um, I know that that's probably one thing that I did in the very beginning that I don't regret is I tried a lot of different things. I tried turning, I tried uh, bandsaws, I tried scroll work. Um, I tried a lot of different stuff, and and I've I now know exactly what kind of things I want to make and what tools I need to to get to to make those things. So, um, and then you know as you get experience. You, you kind of figure out what you want and what you don't want. And one thing, Jason, that I, I I guess that I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention, and it's something I didn't mention either, is enjoyment, right? Mm-hmm. Getting getting tools that you just enjoy using. Um, like for me, it's it's never about the finished product. Not that I don't care about it, but once I'm done, I'm like, oh, well, I'm done. For me, it's, it's the process of making that I enjoy. And so that kind of dictates a lot of my decisions now as well is yeah this is going to give me the result that I want in the way that I want but am I going to enjoy using it you know if not that that's like the the end all be all for purchasing something at this level but to me it is important I want to go in my shop to enjoy making things and so if the tools that I use are part of that enjoyment process then yeah I'm going to get it. like I didn't need to get a castle I, I wanted it because I enjoyed the way that those pocket holes look, um, the angle that it has it, that you know, the very minute things that that uh, that shallow cut um, or that steep cut kind of gives you. 
that I wouldn't get from a, a regular 15 degree pocket hole jig, you know. I feel you. But at the end, just buy Festool. You know, just buy Festool. Sedge, do you have anything that you would like to add? Yep. Really quick. And I'm going to make it sh super simple. Trust. Find some people you trust that will mm -hmm. uh, talk you off the cliff or ask you the right questions. Do you need that? Why are you getting that? Uh, I'm <laughs> Sometimes I just look at people that, I, that ask me. I go, hey, should I get that? I go, nope, don't get it. It's not for you. And I go, what do you mean? I go, are you really going to use that all the time? Think about what you're purchasing, you know, and then. Unless it's through one of your affiliate links. <laughs> no, 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 no. But also, also uh, find somebody you trust on YouTube and just kind of like maybe it's not something they're pushing, but also look in their shop to see and reach out to them. I mean, people reach out to me all the time and say, hey, I saw in your shop this, 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 and this. What do you think? And I'll say, yeah, okay. And, well, people ask me about Festool all the time. And I say, no, 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 get the 500, don't get the 700, and this is why. So find somebody you trust. Pretty daggone simple. And just there's a lot of marketing out there. Oh, is there a lot of marketing? And you got to be careful because they're telling you stuff that's just not true about tools. So yeah. I'll end it like just that. Do, just do your homework. Do your homework, exactly. J Jason, I'll tell you right now, I when I talk to you all the time, I go, hey, what do you think of this? Don't I? All the time. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? You know, and I've, I've made some purchases that you've recommended to me. You know, so. Heck, yeah. Like that mini split? What, what? Well, no, well, also... <laughs> and I'll I'll bring this out. I see sometimes I see and I go, hey, how how often do you use this? And you go, not very often. I go, okay. So that's all I have to say. Like a comb and get a and get a drill press. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I'm talking about you know hardly ever using a drill press, and I have the Nova. Crazy. It's over nice, the top. dude. It's nice though, and you get that woodpecker. Uh, and 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 I'm and I'm gonna try to get one of those woodpecker um, uh, really nice drill press tables because I know you have the yeah, you have the bench let, top. Let me know before and I'll I'll get, I'll send you a link. You <laughs> okay, can, I, can, I can earn my thirteen cents off of it. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, cool. With Hans, is it get bent? Do we have anything for get it bent? It is. I'm gonna do something different tonight. I'll oh. explain in a moment. Do we need Do we need Hans for this? We always need Hans. We always Still. need Hans. We like Hans yes. more than you, Ben. Oh, yeah, I love his hat. <laughs> he did a pretty good Jimmy Stewart Look, tonight, Hans though. Hans is not the German that you need. <laughs> Ooh. But he is the German you deserve. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, my, here he goes. Where's the hat? Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello, Hans. So I'm starting I'm starting to realize that you know a lot of the hatreds that we are always talking about it's always towards Jason it's uh you know minimal minimal hatreds towards Sedgley and I and so sometimes I wonder maybe maybe Jason has done some things 
that <laughs> that maybe warrants all this hatred that he gets all the times. Um, it's deserved, perhaps. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, I would just like to clarify something. All I'm, all I'm saying is, someone that gets this much hatred all the times, guys. <laughs> I think it says something about his character. You know. Well, hold on a minute, Ben. Maybe, uh -oh. maybe he's gonna well, drop Ben's it. Not he's here, gonna drop okay? it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this clear. <laughs> this is Hans it's, here. You know, okay, Hans. When you actually have an audience of a decent oh, I do size, it. maybe then you'll I, get more oh. hateful comments. Oh, so now you're saying that my audience is not good enough. You heard that, guys? <laughs> yeah. This well. is a, this is what I was talking about. This is why you have this hatred, Jason, because your so, audience is his family. Your so. your 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 ego is bigger is is <laughs> is bigger than uh, than your beer collection. You know, Ben's Ben's family and friends are not going to leave negative comments. <laughs> I have a Facebook group specifically for just my followers. My, uh, I have a an account farm that uh, that just goes through and likes all my videos. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to do differently tonight was, I got to be honest with you, I have not had a negative comment in the past week. Oh. Yes. Ooh. So n at least not one worth reading because, uh, you know, there are those comments where you can't really tell if they're r rude or not. But anyways, mm. when this happens in the rare occasion that I don't get the hatreds uh, that Hans loves to talk about so much, I figured I could always just go back to my most viewed video. The 10 tools. Find plenty of comments. So what, what I'm going to do differently tonight is I picked one. And sometimes these comments, a lot of other people like to get involved. Mm. So I'm just going to read the comments. Like the conversation. On this one comment. The conversation. Yeah. Not all of them are going to be negative, but I'm still going to read them like it was. <clears throat> so, first one. This was on 10 tools that every woodworker should own. <laughs> the comment was. A gold mine. <laughs> His idea of reasonably priced and mine are very different. All I see was a lot of really unnecessary tools that you actually do not need. First response. Yep. He's standing in front of at least $750 in clamps alone. The little Festool drill, $300. The pin nailer, $188. The woodpecker square, get this, $100. The anchor square, $70. What's funny is that he says about the clamps, you're going to pay slightly wincing a little bit more. I'm sorry, but the F clamps from Harbor Freight have done oh. just fine for a tenth of the cost. <laughs> Next yeah. comment. Uh, let's, let's until the, that, handles, that the, until the handles spin. <laughs> let's forget that yep. the Harbor Freight ones are made out of popsicle sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Next comment. Agreed. Next comment. <laughs> 300 to $400 seems like a reasonable price for an apron. LOL. Oh, what a dick. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Next comment. Yeah, I'm beginning. Which is one of the things he's mentioning in the start of the video? I'm pondering table saws themselves, not attachments for them to drive things closer to the fence. I mean, it looks nice. 
Next comment. Yeah, Jason, why why aren't you making content about where that individual's at in their journey? Like right. I'm you're, not, you're not thinking about them. You're so selfish. <laughs> this person says brand new appearing pin nailer that he uses all the time. This is nothing but an ad. This is a lot Next of hatreds. Comment. Next comment, but I'm not going to read this in a negative light because this was uh, support for me. He says, lots of whining in the comments section. This is a guide for woodworkers, not wood hobbyists. These are tools that take wood, uh, take woodwork from pretty close to super accurate which is important if you work professionally. I have Harbor Freight clamps and a Harbor Freight stapler. The pads and the claps move around, don't apply even pressure, and bend. The stapler has a wide operating pressure range and dense wood with the tip. Buying quality tools eliminates these issues. Do I care? Not enough to spend the money, but I'm not building cabinets professionally. I'm building them for a closet in my house. I love that. Yeah, that's really good. Next comment. I like being able to switch between the two. Ready? Pot, meat, kettle. <laughs> that was literally the comment? Yeah. Next comment. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to read this in a normal voice. Sounds like a lot of people complaining about his ability to buy things. The man obviously manages finances better to allow these things. Don't get mad. Handle your business and save your money. Next That's one. a good one. Um, I think this is a good one. We'll find out. Not just that, but they're the more expensive of said items. The rigid pin nailer. Oh, no, this is a bad one. Hold on. The rigid pin nailer is just as good and half as much. Those Jessam rollers are $260. Or you can get a woodcraft set for about $40. Woodpecker stuff is awesome, but you can find a lot of stuff on Amazon now that will be 90% of the tool for 10% of the cost. I'm not going to argue that his shop is awesome. But the people that need high-end tools aren't watching YouTube recommendations. What? Oh, here's a good one. There's only two more. This is a bad one. This person responded to somebody that made the comment about the apron. He says, yeah, if it was the apron that Betty Crocker was murdered in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me. Let's, that's, that's, a, that's, let's a that's a good comment. That's a good one. Let, that's a good one. A, let's bring in a fictional advertising character and kill her. Okay. That's a good one. I, I gotta admit that was pretty damn funny. Oh. <laughs> what does that even mean? What a wad, wad. This person says this was a good one. Welsh rabbit. Uh, I actually have talked to him before. Yeah. He responds to the guy that made the comment. Please give the fellow a break. Some people are passionate about good tools, and that's where they put their money. Besides, if one is an E7, army pay and benefits aren't half bad. <laughs> that's what he says. Mm -hmm. Oh, Dude, there's. I'm telling you, we could get in a lot of trouble. If wow. I do this with some of these comments, dude, you would not believe the rabbit hole that some of these go down to. <laughs> Sometimes moly. when I'm bored, I like to go back because, again, most of the comments I haven't responded to because they're all stupid. But the conversation, like there's like 50 comments and the conversations that go back and forth are like very vulgar. <laughs> 
Oh, it's it's really good. Oh, wow. There's so many negative comments on this one. Hey, how many views do you have on that one, Jace? 1.2. Uh, 1.3 million. Mm. Sweet. That's funny. All right. It doesn't get Jack anymore, but... Oh, yeah, this is a good one. This has 16 replies. Oh, man, I'm going to save that one for next time, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. If Betty Crocker was killed in it. <laughs> How can she be Too killed cool. if she was never alive? I know. All right. Well, hey. Well, this while, is a long one. While we, while we got you listening here at an hour and 45 minutes, um, <sighs> April 22nd for our patrons will be yeah. our next monthly Beers of the Boys conversation. If you've never heard of Beers of the Boys, every month we like to do a group call with all of our patrons, or at least the ones that can attend. Uh, it's one of our um, top-tier perks, or it's it's a perk that everyone gets if you're a patron, but it's the perk that all of our patrons love to have. Um, we thought about other things that we could do for patrons, but they said by and far Beers of the Boys, the monthly group call, is the entire reason why. They are patrons. So if you want to hop on a group call with us and the rest of the patrons, uh, there's usually pretty good turnout. The nights always go longer than we anticipate just because of how much fun they are. And so if that interests you, we'd love for you to participate again. That is for all patrons at all levels. Um, if you want to join our patron community, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Green Cedars Podcast to find out how. Jason, thank you for choosing this topic tonight i think people mm -hmm. will get a lot out of it tools always are uh, a great talking subject among woodworkers if people listen to this want to find out more about you jason where can they find you bencewoodworking.com sedge where can everybody find you sedgetool.com on all the platforms at sedgetool but also at festool at festool usa uh, YouTube channel where Festool Live and Festool Shop Talk is. And also on Instagram, Festool Sedge. And you can find me at MarshallDesignWorks.com and Ben Marshall Designs on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you in the next one. Gentlemen, thank you, everybody. I bid you adieu. Adieu. I bid you adieu. 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 adieu.